Welcome to another episode of Finance with Fernando. I am your host, Fernando the Mortgage Maverick Tacuna. Please follow me on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, at Real Mortgage Maverick. Maverick is M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K. If you're watching this, you're on Spotify, and you could find me on nine other major streaming platforms for Finance with Fernando. Please share. I appreciate your support. I do this for free just to educate uh, people across the globe about real estate finance and finance in general. So I appreciate you guys watching and sharing and growing my network. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about something so simple that it pains me to bring it up because a lot of people in my industry don't even know what is needed for it. And that is documentation to submit a file to underwriting to get approved either for a home that is now in contract that you're buying, or if you're getting pre-approved, what type of documentation I look for prior to giving you a letter to get out in the market and purchase your dream home. Um, I came up with this topic because it's bringing you back to the basics, right? It's real estate finance 101. And um, I came across this topic and kind of am rejuvenating it because I've been speaking with some people in the industry and they just don't know what lenders need to submit their file into underwriting. They weren't sure, you know, they were asking me, do I need to give you pay stubs? Do I need W-2 forms, tax returns? Um, they just had no clue. And um, I was like, you know what? I think it's time to, to go back to loans 101. So it's different for every individual, depending on how you're paid, where you keep your money, your credit, et cetera. So I'm going to cover the three buckets that I talk about all the time, and that's income, assets, and credit. And I'll start off with income. So income, uh, as far as documentation, the most simplistic paid um, wage earner uh, is somebody, someone who is W-2. Someone receives a pay sub, someone receives a W-2. Um, that's the most simplistic form of pay. And I say simplistic because it's easily trackable and, um, you know, the documentation is very straightforward, right? So if you if you receive a pay stub, lenders will need the most recent 30 days of pay stubs when you're applying for a pre-approval or applying to get, um, you know, a commitment letter from a lender for a home purchase. So you need the most recent 30 days of pay stubs. Now, you may be paid weekly, you may be paid bi-weekly, semi-monthly, or monthly, so however you're paid, if you're paid weekly, you need four pay stubs. If you're paid bi-month, uh, uh, bi-weekly or semi-monthly, you need two pay stubs. If you're paid monthly, you need one, but it has to be the most recent 30 days of pay stubs. Okay. So the most recent 30 state, uh, 30 days of pay stubs is what's important. Now, if you're receiving a W-2, lenders will need the most recent two years of W-2 forms. All right. So it's 2023 right now when I am um, when I'm videotaping this, we would need your 2022 and your 2021, right? So most recent two years of W-2 forms. Now, here's the catch. Anything I go over with you in this video, there's no substitutes. You can't say, hey, I don't have my W-2 for 2021. Can you get me approved? Um, I will always ask because sometimes things change and guidelines loosen up. Um, and I feel like they always change monthly. But I'll tell you right now, we need your pay stubs and W-2s and any documents that I I request from you, they are definitely needed. I wouldn't ask you for something that I don't need. I mean, why why waste my breath and waste our time, right? So most simplistic wage earner is someone who's paid W-2, receives pay stubs. 
The next wage earner will be someone who may receive pay stubs or may not, but is 1099. So if you're 1099, you're going to get a 1099 form, uh, which basically serves as your W-2. And we need the most recent two years of your 1099 form. So if you re receive pay stubs, it's the same type of structure as I just mentioned, um, even if you're 1099, the most recent 30 days. Let's say you're on retirement income. Okay, so you have a pension or Social Security. This comes up a lot. Um, if you receive pension or Social Security, lenders will typically look at your award letters, which are issued the beginning of every year um, or the end of the previous year, saying what you're going to receive for that calendar year. Okay, so if you receive a pension, it will say, here's your pension benefits minus any type of medical insurance you may have, et cetera. Same thing with Social Security, disability, um, any of those types of retirement forms of income, you usually get an award letter. Now, typically, lenders will also want to see your most recent two years of federal personal tax returns. And the reason why they do that is, is because we want to see if that retirement income is taxable or non-taxable. If it's non-taxable, we can actually gross up that retirement income. So be aware of that. If you're applying for a home loan and you receive retirement income and you have non-taxable retirement income, you actually may be able to afford more of a home. And your debt to income ratio may be less because we could gross up your retirement income. Fun fact. So to move on, retirement income, award letters, and um, and your most recent two years of federal, not state, just federal personal tax returns. Now, let's say you're commissioner bonus. Now, if you're commissioner bonus, like I am strictly commission, right? I typically will have to show my pay stubs, my W-2s or 1099s, and the most recent two years of year-end pay stubs. And the reason why lenders ask for the year-end pay stubs for the most recent two years is to break out whether you're paid hourly, salary, uh, overtime, commission, bonus, just to see what your uh, year-to-date at that point, at the end of the year, um, what your breakdown was. And that allows underwriting to say, okay, consistently Fernando is receiving X amount of percentage of bonus or commission or salary or whatever. So if you have a lender that says, hey, we need your most recent two years of year-end pay stubs, that's the reason being. You're most likely receiving some form of variable income, bonus, commission, et cetera. And they just want to see what the breakdown is because when they get your current pay stubs, and, and or your W-2 or 1099 forms, it's not going to show that breakdown. So if you don't want them to order something called a written verification of employment from your employer, requiring your HR to respond to the lender, try and get your hands on the year-end pay stubs for the most recent two years. It will prevent them from having to reach out to HR and getting a breakdown for you. Now, lastly, is my self-employed clients. Now, some of you watching this may be self-employed. Maybe you're a real estate agent, a title person, an attorney, or you're just a business owner watching my video. And I thank you if you are. Um, you always grunt whenever doing a home loan. And I don't blame you. Listen, self-employed income is a beast in its own because you're typically, as a business owner, trying to write off as much as your income as possible to not pay Uncle Sam. And I get it. I'm with you. Unfortunately, loan officers are paid W-2, so I can't avoid paying taxes. Um, but if you're a self-employed borrower, just be aware that there's hope. It's not that difficult. Typically, what I recommend is in any circumstance, 
if you have a loan officer and a good relationship with a CPA that does your taxes, maybe introduce them to each other. So then that loan officer like myself can email or call your CPA and request whatever we need. Um, and if there's any follow-up, you're not playing middleman. So just food for thought. But if you are self-employed, it's pretty straightforward as far as what a lender deeds. Typically, we will look at your most recent two years of personal federal tax returns, right? We'll also look at the most recent two years of federal business tax returns. So if you're a Schedule C sole proprietor, you won't have, have business tax returns. You'll only have your personal returns. And like I said, you'll file something called a Schedule C because you're a sole proprietor. That typically is for like your real estate agents, um, anyone who's in business for themselves, if you're like a health coach or something like that, and you're like a one one stop, um, you know, one person uh, em employer, basically, and it's just you doing your own thing, a consultant, something like that, um, you usually will file a Schedule C, okay? You won't have business returns. Um, if you're in a partnership, you'll file something called a 1065 return, that's a partnership, and you'll typically have something called a K-1 schedule within your partnership return. The K-1 schedule shows the amount of the business you own, the percentage you own of the business. Now, that's very important. When you're giving a lender your, your business tax returns or your personal returns, make sure all the statements and schedules are included. We can't just look at the first two pages of any of your returns. It happens all the time. Well, Fernando, I have page one and two of my personal tax returns. Can you just use this? The problem is page one and two are a summary of all the pages behind it. So we need all the pages. So please, 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 business and personal returns need to have all the statements and schedules attached with them. Um, so K-1 will show you the percentage of ownership if you if you file a 1065 partnership. If you're, if you're an S-Corp, which is the most popular filing status for businesses, you're filing something called an 1120S. Once again, we're going to have to see the K-1 schedule, which shows you either as 100% owner or if there are multiple owners, what the percentage of ownership is. Lastly is what I call a C-Corp, a regular corporation. You're going to be filing an 1120. You just drop the S because it's not an S-Corp. That should have a K-1 as well. When you get into the, the C-Corp territory, um, you're talking about a, a rather large corporation. Um, and typically at that point, you may be filing... If you're an owner of that C-Corp, you may be receiving a W-2 from the corporation, and you may actually be a W-2 uh, wage earner. So things get a little different depending on how you file and how your accountant structures the, the, the filing of your business if you are self-employed. Now, here's the catch. If you are an S-Corp partnership or um, a, a Schedule C or you know an 1120 C-Corp um, wage earner, just be aware that lenders may ask you for a year-to-date profit and loss statement. And the reason why lenders may ask you for this stuff is because you don't have pay stubs. So the year-to-date profit and loss is basically a, a pay stub created by your accountant or by you. Most lenders do not need an audited profit and loss statement, so be aware of that. Depending on how big the business is, they may ask you for a balance sheet as well, um, but typically not. Usually it's just a profit and loss statement. And it depends on the investor you're working with. We have some investors that you know don't really need a lot of self-employed documentation. They only use a profit and loss statement to qualify. Um, there are some that need the full gamut of you know, your tax returns, business returns, et cetera.
right? So it just depends. So that's the skinny of it. That's the breakdown for wage earners. Pretty straightforward. Um, and the documents are very similar in a way, um, but there's hope for anyone, right? And there are some investors, like I just mentioned, that if you're self-employed, they don't necessarily need all of those self-employed documents and, and tax returns. Talk to me more about that offline if you are self-employed and you want to get approved for a loan, but don't want to provide this huge magnitude of, of documents. Now, on to the second part of this, assets. This is super simple. So lenders look at the most recent two months of bank statements. So you're checking savings, money market, certificates of deposits, anything that is really liquid, we want to see the most recent two months. If you have investment accounts, we typically will ask you for the most recent two months, but some investment account holders only issue quarterly statements. So it just depends. If, if you don't have monthly statements from, let's say, a Vanguard or Fidelity or any of those investment accounts, um, the most recent quarterly statement will suffice. Now, be aware when you're applying, if it's an outdated quarterly statement, you may have to show a screenshot of what your available balance is in that investment account so your loan officer knows exactly how much accurate assets you have. So just keep that in mind. Um, we cannot use print screens for bank statements, okay? So when we say any type of, when I say bank statements, I mean your full bank statement. So let's say you bank with Wells Fargo and you print their monthly statement and it's seven pages long. And there's a second page that says, page intentionally left blank, you still need to send lenders that page. And the reason being is, is because the person you're sending that statement to will see that you're missing page two out of seven. And they'll say, well, which page two? And your response is going to be, well, it's just a blank page. It says intentionally left blank. And the lender is going to respond to you. How do we know that? You're verbally telling us that, but we need to see it in writing. So always remember when you're printing a statement, page one, once again, does not suffice. You need to show all the pages in succession. And if it says page one of four, you need page two of four, page three of four, and page four of four. And that's with any statement that you print. Now, a lot of clients don't know this, but if you have a whole life policy, which if you don't have life insurance, you should have life insurance. And if you need a referral, I'll give you my wife's contact information, who's a financial advisor, and she'll get you hooked up to make sure your family is protected. Anyway, so life insurance, if you have a whole life insurance policy, sometimes has a cash value. If you're applying for a home loan and you have whole life insurance, make sure you include that in your assets because that will show that you have additional cash available to you. It's non-taxable money. That's why you should definitely take advantage of whole life insurance. The wealthiest of people have whole life insurance policies. Anyway, I digress. So when it comes to any type of asset statements, um, it's pretty straightforward. Most recent two months, we do have some asset programs where if you don't have income, but you have a lot of money, we could source income from money. So let's say you have $5 million in an investment account. I actually have an asset annuitization product that takes the amount of money you have and annuitizes it over the length of the loan. And it formulates how much your monthly income is based on how much money you have. Um, if that is the case, there's a little different requirement for um, your bank statements. Typically, we will look at at least 12 months of bank statements. So if you're applying in April 2023, we'll look back to April 2022 
and see how much money you have back then and how much money you have now. Make sure it's been in your possession for 12 months, and then we could use that money. So there's some seasoning requirements for that type of product. But once again, talk to me offline if you're going down that route. I have a product that could get you into a home, for sure. As long as you have the income, assets, and credit, we'll get it done. So lastly, credit, number three. Credit, you really don't need much. Um, lenders may ask you for an explanation of inquiries on your credit, if you have any type of charge-offs, if you have delinquencies, if you have any public record like bankruptcies or uh, short sales or foreclosures, you may have to just explain what happened there. You know, was it due to a divorce, sickness, whatever? Um, there's no specific documents that are needed in general. It, it's, it depends on what your credit report shows. But be aware that some explanations may be, need, may be needed once a lender reviews your credit report, the most typical one is inquiries. So let's say you inquired with me to get a home loan. You you inquired two months ago to buy a car, and you acquire you inquired two months before that to get pre-approved by a different lender. The lender will ask you what these inquiries are for, and it's a really simple response: pre-approval with Fernando, bought a new car, pre-approval from a different lender, and that's basically it. So credit is super simple, and I always walk my clients through what documents are needed in each of these buckets, depending on their financial scenario. I don't know if you found use about this topic. I, I don't know. I mean, me personally, I live, eat, breathe real estate and real estate finance. I've been doing this 13 years. So this stuff just comes natural to me. Um, people in the industry, you know, business partners, um, other professionals in the industry sometimes don't know this stuff. Um, and it's not that they don't want to know. It's just they haven't really been, been educated on it. So hopefully you find this useful. It is not hard to get this documentation over to your lender. Everything is done electronically. You could send it via PDF, fax it, et cetera. Um, in my world, I use an online portal. It, uh, AI requests the documentation from you automatically. Um, and it's really great because you just tag your your documents to that specific request you know maybe it's a 2022 w2 so you just upload your 2022 w2 there and it marks complete i review it and life is good um so a lot of lenders we use these lending portals to have you upload the information and it keeps things seamless the hardest part when it comes to getting a mortgage is supplying documentation once you supply me the documentation i'm off to the races and i'm going to get you approved um, outside of that, the hardest part in real estate is finding a home. It's as simple as that. So thank you for watching. Hopefully, like I said, you found this topic um, useful and insightful and answered some of your questions. If you have a topic that you want me to cover, please DM me. Let me know. I have an endless amount of topics and stories that I could bring to the table. But if there's something specific that hits home with you and you're like, listen, I want the Maverick to talk about it. Hit me up and I'll get it on video. Thank you so much for watching. I'll catch you on the next one. Have a great day.